It's another effing podcast about sitcoms. Your hosts, Michelle, Stan, and Luke, are veteran New York comedy writers and performers with numerous credits on stage, radio, video, and podcasting. And then there's me. I'm Dan, the producer. Every episode, we'll discuss, dissect, rate, and review a classic sitcom and see where it stacks up in the history of television comedies. And you might just hear some juicy behind-the-scenes details from people who were there on set. So get comfy on the couch and get ready to binge watch with your ears. Another effing podcast about sitcoms is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Let's talk sitcoms. Everybody, it's Michelle Likowski and her boys. <laughs> Hello. Wicka, wicka, wicka. And uh, we're doing another sitcom. Nope. Another podcast about. Nope. Another nope. effing <laughs> podcast about there sitcoms. There we and go. Introduce yourself, guys. I'm Stan Likowski. I'm Luke Ward. I'm Dan McInerney. And today we're talking about. The Good Place. So The Good Place is a (laughs) fantasy comedy focusing on Eleanor Shellstrop, who arrives in the afterlife and is welcomed by Michael to The Good Place, a highly selective heaven-like utopia he designed as a reward for her righteous life. However, she realized that she was sent there by mistake and must hide her morally imperfect behavior while trying to become a better and more ethical person with the help of her fellow Good Place residents, Chidi, Dahani, and Jason. Where's Janet? And Janet, damn it. Well, Janet. Janet's not really a Good Place resident. Yeah. She's also not a girl. <laughs> She's not well, a robot either. Uh, one thing I want to bring up right at the top, and this will go into hopefully our first topic, but yeah. um, this is a rare sitcom that you can spoil. Yes. So I was going to say the same you, thing. If you have not seen the show, uh, this may not be the episode for you because we're going no. to spoil. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. We're, 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 we're so going to start by discussing the finale. Um, yeah. And then we'll, we'll work backwards. We'll work backwards. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's probably easier that way. But... <laughs> It's funny because actually right in that description, there is a spoiler because they say Jason. Right. Right. I, oh. I was thinking that same thing. Yeah. Gianu, which is Gian, the original yeah. his name is. Yeah. So this uh, might be a great launch off point because even in that description, it, it, it's going to highlight something that I really, The Good Place is not like a normal sitcom. There is no stability. And I thought this the entire time I was watching it. You never... Nobody ever goes back to normal at the end of an episode. It is one giant evolving story. Even the way Michelle just set the opening is no longer true fairly early in the show. I think that's really a good point. And I think that they even uh, subconsciously, that's a main driver of the show itself. You know, the finale, we're going to talk about the finale first. I'm going to get right into it. I mean, the fact that, they set up a system where you can stay in heaven as long as you want and then leave when you're done. Uh, it is just what you're saying where there is, it's an evolving story where you get to a point where you're like, okay, we're, we're done now. I well, finished. The first topic I wanted to bring up. My first question was, is sure. this the first sitcom? If we're even going to call it a sitcom, we can discuss that. Mm-hmm. But is this the first sitcom for the binge watching error? Because mm. you can't just drop in in season no. three you would have no idea what's going on and like we said it's not even season to season like most shows are it's episode to episode the status quo is constantly changing so you have to watch it from episode one to episode 53 all in order or otherwise um, it won't really make any sense 
I, th I think this is perhaps the best example and maybe an evolution, but another show that jumps to mind, and I just actually read an article, is Arrested Development. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you can't really hop in the middle of that one either. No. You, and the way that they sprinkle jokes, if you miss episode three, the joke in episode 21 isn't going to make sense. Yeah, yeah. But, in Community, same thing in a lot of ways. Like Community... Yep. You know, I think of that like Beetlejuice joke. Mm -hmm. You guys heard of that one where like, yes, they there's three different episodes where they say Beetlejuice. And then in the third episode, when they, they say it, Beetlejuice shows up. Um, Is it Michael Keaton? No. They blew their whole budget on getting him to walk, to walk <laughs> by in the ghost. background. And I think you're right. Although, you know, I think something like Arrested Development, that may have been the problem. People would miss episodes and then things wouldn't make sense. This was something that I watched on Netflix from start to finish. Um, and, you know, loved it for the two weeks. But I don't know how it would feel spread out over the four years. Well, I watched it in real time. Mm -hmm. Um the only thing I did binge was season one. I don't, it's tough because you, you almost need to do it in real time too, because if it gets too far, you could read a headline that could ruin the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it's the first sitcom that uh, has an arc. I mean, like Roseanne, even the Cosby show. I remember watching the Cosby show for the first couple of years and then tuning in and I was like, who, who are all these new people? Who's cousin Pam? Who's, you know, who's, uh, you know, but to who's your point. Who's cousin Oliver? Who's cousin Oliver? Where did he go? Um, That's Cotton Eye Joe, I think you're thinking of. <laughs> but I no, think a lot of those shows, and what you're discussing, I think a lot of those shows is boo. either they sort of felt like something had to happen. You know what I mean? Where it's like most sitcoms are just sort of, they're back to the status quo by the end. If things don't really change that much, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes things outside the show caused that like someone leaves yeah. the show and then they bring in a new character or whatever um you know like coach and and woody on cheers or something obviously right. i'm gonna if, cry well i was gonna say obviously if the actor who played coach had not died they would have kept him forever there's no reason uh you know yeah. that wasn't like a planned thing where this obviously they i, I assume had an endpoint that was planned and the show evolving was part of the story not because you know they needed well Two two things that this show does that I've not seen other comedies do. If you notice, almost every episode ends on a cliffhanger, which mm -hmm. you never see in a sitcom. Sitcoms are usually about resolution. And the other thing, which took me forever to figure out why, they're, they're, they're chapters. Each one is given a yeah. chapter number. Yeah. And that's what you do in a book, right? Like you, you read from straight through start to finish. You don't read chapter eight and then chapter three and then chapter nine. And for a while, I didn't get why they were doing it. But by the end, I was like, yeah, of course, this is like, it's, to me, it's one gigantic story. It's, yeah. it's, it's like one episode almost, but a yeah. huge one. Yeah, I mean. Back to Dan's point, yeah, <laughs> it is the first really, really. Well, I think, they've per I think they've evolved or perfected it. I just don't know that I would say it's the first that is. Mm. I know, think it's, it's one of the first sitcoms that put forth an effort. <laughs> for lack of a better word um because the i think effort, of like yes like michael shore link, went yes. yes yeah the the purpose and intent of everything was everything. so yeah yeah i mean like getting the amount of research like i listened to the good place podcast and the amount of same. research the writers had to do was yeah. insane he, they would basically be like here's a stack of six books read them by the end of next week because we're going to talk about them. And then you would have a philosopher come in and talk about good versus bad. And, you know, and so then it became like, you know, he, he painted himself into a corner that he knew he was getting into. Mm -hmm. And because like, as soon as you say, I'm going to deal with morality, you can't just say, nah, I'm just going to have him hang out in heaven for a while. Like he, he it was, there was an intent and purpose to every episode all the way to the end so and even if they didn't know exactly where they were going there was an overall intent and purpose to you know they didn't have the specifics of how they were going to get there they still knew where they were going to go um i don't know a ton of the the, the background of why the show came to be but i took the 
my feeling is that that was actually the fun for them or the impulse. I almost wonder if Michael Schur wanted to explore the idea and chose a sitcom as a way to explore the idea. Like I, I it, these, the thinking is so deep in these episodes that to me, I almost wonder if that's their primary driving force and they wrapped it into a, a sitcom. If I'm remembering correctly, Luke, you can uh, correct me that Michael Shore was just studying. Like he was like, I want to talk. I want, it wasn't even like, what am I doing with this? But he was just like studying philosophy. Like he was just yeah. like, and then, and then he, you know, like he was looking at the world and the, the goodness or the not lack thereof and trying to figure out how do we shift things that currently are happening. And, and this, he was like, I can make a difference. I believe this, that I can make a difference. And then he uh, talked to Kristen Bell and Ted, uh, I almost said something really wrong. Ted, Ted Danson. I, I think, no, I was going to say Nugent. Um, he did totally talk to Ted Nugent about it. Yeah. He had a very different taste. It was a huge waste of time. Ted Nugent had no waste of time. Yep. I mean, but they both were like, yes, I want to do, like everybody on board was like, well, those two, those three yeah. were like, this is, this is, I want to build something that's more than just a sitcom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I, it also is very interesting because it also, I don't think takes itself too seriously. I no. don't think, you know, there's a sense of like uh, the show community where I love community, but you feel, especially in hearing Dan Harmon talk about it there, that they are splitting the atom with every frame that they shoot of that show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with this, it's like you you have these intense debates about philosophy and the complexity of being a good person, especially in the modern age. But you also have the best puns mm-hmm. in a sitcom since Bob's Burgers. I mean, the names of the restaurants are so good. So yeah. good. And I can't think of any of them. The good plate. Uh- <laughs> Like Jason is, a, to, you know, I haven't actually thought about this, but I'm almost wondering if each person personifies maybe a different overall philosophy. But uh, Jason is kind of like the Buddhist, right? And clear, he's, he's actually a monk in the beginning. Yeah. But like he, he thinks the least, but he also seems like the happiest. And, yeah. you know, like he and throughout the series, you'll see multiple times where he sort of has the answer. Like where they're overthinking things and he just sort yeah. of spits out a truth that makes everybody go like, oh, but, but to get to Luke's point, okay, we've established Jason. And then they give Jason the most ridiculous things to do and like, like his Jaguars <laughs> and all, like, like that, the whole, like they take a Buddhist monk, this absolutely noble feeling and they, they wrap it around like this Florida, like professional amateur dancer as he describes himself like it's so great it's such a great mashup and pill boy his best friend yeah so good well that seems like let's discuss the characters um, all right because we have eleanor uh played by uh kristen bell Bell. i'm gonna say kristen stewart kristen bell someone you could really build a show around um yeah great comic timing and just like a delight uh, to see on screen, even when she's being a pretty terrible person. Because uh, I think in, with another actress, you may not have rooted for Eleanor as hard as you did. Yeah. Um, because she is, she is pretty terrible. Uh, yeah. You want to see her become a better person. Yeah, and they, I, I love the contrast of the Eleanor in The Good Place and the Eleanor on Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in the, when they do flashbacks to her in the first season, because she is pure evil but it doesn't feel out of character for the person who you meet in the good place because there's definitely a strong contrast but there's there's still a consistency of that character where you're like oh once she has to start thinking about her the repercussions of her actions she becomes a better person Mm -hmm. well she she immediately her very first thing she does in the show is she rolls into a lie and supports it and carries it. Like it makes yeah. so much sense. One thing I loved, you know, and this, this show was so sort of honest about things in a way, which was I love when she's back on earth and she becomes a good person. And one thing they show is that it's really hard 
<laughs> like she yeah. does it for a while and she likes it, but she doesn't get anything out of it. Yeah. And after a while she gives up. And I mean that we have all done that uh, at some point. I have never tried, so I've never had to give up. <laughs> but really gung ho about something. And then it's like, oh, I have to do this for the rest of my Forever? life. Forever? Yeah. 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 Well, and it, it definitely, that's what I love about this show is it addresses the complexities of life in general, right? There's the one moment where they talk about why the point system doesn't work, which is I think in season three or season four. And it becomes, they show like, if you gave your girlfriend a flower in 200 AD, you get like a thousand points because you're doing something sweet and nice. You're just picking a flower or whatever. If you give your girlfriend a flower in 2018, um, you lose 500 points because the, the gas that it took to deliver the flowers to the flower place pollutes the air. Plus, you know, maybe those flowers were farmed by uh, migrant workers under terrible conditions. Uh, plus, uh, you know, you're removing flowers, which means bees can't pollinate, which means they're going to die. And, and as a human person, you don't think about all that stuff. I mean, we, st we are, you know, it's, it's somewhat timely. I'm not going to get into a whole political thing here, but, you know, we, we want to make all of our actions have weight. To them, right? We want to make sure that, you know, that's why there's a debate about like using Amazon, right? Because like mm -hmm. the convenience of getting stuff to your door, does that outweigh the fact that someone has to walk 15 miles a day to fulfill all these orders? And you, or you can put that no money. Yeah, yeah. If I go to the, the corner store, pick up some flowers, give them my wife, I don't think about, because why would I? How would I even know? I don't, I, I'm not going to research the process that goes into. Uh, every single element. And also, if I stop using every corporation uh, because of cor because corporations are bad or because they've committed one act or this act, I, I have to go be uh, the guy. A monk. Yeah. Well, that's exactly or, or it. The guy in the woods. Who's that guy? Right. Uh, Michael McKean. Michael McKean character. Yeah. Um, well, well, you essentially just described Chidi on the exact opposite side of Jason is Chidi who right. can't stop thinking. Every single right. choice paralyzes right. him. Right. Um, right. Which is just another extreme, right? The, yeah. Like the, the constant consideration as a flaw. He, yeah. In the beginning, he thinks that that's a strength, but you realize that, well, you're immobilized. Like you yeah. can't make any choice. Well, that's why he goes to hell. Or yeah. It's because he has stopped he made, he stopped everything. He stopped yeah. people from being happy and liking him. I think right. I also, I also just realized, I don't think we ever said the twist, but they start out, you think they're in heaven yes. and that Eleanor right. was sent to the wrong place. But it turns out at the end of season one, that they're actually in hell. Yes. I, and they, they are yeah. each other's demons. They are the right. cause of each other's pain. And they're yeah. there to, to torture each other for all. Yeah. So eternity. good. Uh, you, that's just season one folks. Yeah. Well, the funny thing it was, it was because I'm much smarter than Michael Shore and the rest of the producers. <laughs> and so when I started watching season one, I really liked it, but I realized, oh, they have a problem, which is that perfect people are not funny. And so if they're going to be here in heaven forever, they're going to run out of funny things to do. And then they started introducing, well, Tahani is very vain and Chidi has this problem with decisions. And I went, oh, okay, I see what's wrong here. They're going to start they have to introduce flaws into these people, even though they're like these perfect people in heaven because they don't have any stories to tell. And then when the twist came and I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. They knew exactly yeah. what they were doing the whole time. <laughs> yep. yeah. That's exactly uh, what I did too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I was watching it and, and I, uh, it was literally like watching it. All of a sudden I felt like a fish and I was like, oh my God, there's a hook in my mouth. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm being taken out of the water. Oh my God. But like I fell for it so hard. That I, was, was, I, I think I literally so yelled good. out, holy shit. But Michelle was, and I were watching it, and I was like, holy, holy shit. shirt balls. Like, what, other shirt balls. what other TV moments, because I had the same thing. I, I didn't see it coming. I was blindsided. And, mm, yeah. But what that moment felt like that they gave to us was wonderful. Like, that feeling was so great. Yeah. In, a, in a sitcom, it's so rare. I mean, there, there's moments. I mean, Breaking Bad is filled with a million yeah, of those. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. my favorite one is like, the moment that hooked me on Breaking Bad, and spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it, spoiler, that's, actually, you're that's, the that's the next sitcom we're going to be doing. <laughs> it's hilarious. There, there's an episode where Walt kidnaps somebody and then they become friends. 
and then he thinks everything is great and there's a plate mm-hmm. that gets spilled and he's cleaning the plate up and he realizes that a big jagged part of the plate is missing. A knife-shaped piece, perhaps. Yep, and the guy's going to kill him. And that, I was like, that was the same kind of feeling where I was like, holy shit, I, I, of course he's going to kill him. And I can't believe I didn't think of that. Like, you know, it's, it's right there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, I, I, I bought it. I fell for it. I went right in. Uh, I would also say um, this is breaking the rules, but uh, if I were to pick my favorite clip from the show, it would actually be on YouTube. There is a video of Michael Shore telling the rest of the cast the the twist. Oh, no way. Only only Kristen Bell and Ted Danson knew. And so they're, they're getting ready for the table read. And he explains to them the twist and their reaction, uh, especially like Darcy, like, puts her hands to her mouth and is like yeah. screaming. Uh, it's awesome. It's, yeah. it's just really funny. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, like you said that, I mean, it has to be one of the best twists. I was so glad I wasn't spoiled yeah. on it because it, it was just like, and the moment it happens, thinking back to everything else that had happened before, I was like, Oh, of course, yeah. of mm-hmm. course that's what's going on. Like, I can't yeah. believe it didn't occur to me until, until they said it, but yeah. He was a and, ghost the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Ted Danson's laugh. When yeah. when it's revealed oh, that like so that like yeah. demonic laugh he does and that quick pivot of character oh Perfect. man oh, it's like so shivers good. up my spine yeah it's a, I think it's a good, a good well I'm sorry go ahead look no 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 I was just gonna say I mean I feel like um, that is a given for the memorable moment so I mm-hmm. I, I didn't pick it I, and I I'm trying to find a clip of my memorable moment but um, I feel like that's almost like a given like that twist that moment mm. is an amazing moment so we can almost be like oh we don't have to use it like, you know what i mean like we, we don't have to yeah 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 waste our favorite moments on, on that thing well i think it's a good time to talk about or a good transition to talk about michael um mm-hmm. played by ted danson and perfect casting mm-hmm. uh, perfect for for ted danson and in ways i had not even considered until watching it like him the laugh is amazing but his ability to and my favorite one of my favorite subgenre of jokes is fantastical things treated mundanely mm-hmm. um and he is so perfect that deadpan delivery yeah. including my hardest laugh right out, off the top was uh doug forsett is the the guy who got the closest and he has yeah. Yeah. and i just love the moment where he's like you know uh, he explains the whole thing and he goes yeah, it's really valuable you know I, I'm, I'm lucky to have that just the way he says <laughs> it like it's so <laughs> matter of fact uh it's so great but yeah he has so many of those moments or i don't also possibly my my pick for for best moment is when chidi is explaining like i saw every possible universe folding in on itself because yeah yeah the time knife we've all seen it but anyway <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> um I'm, I'm also gonna go out of order and talk about my favorite moment because it, it fits mm-hmm. so well sure. here the yeah. one i chose was the uh the trolley um conundrum right yeah and the reason so i chose it uh was for two actually one is Chidi, Chidi explains to Michael, in this one arena, I know more than you do. That's literally what he says. Watch Ted Danson's face and see the subtlest change. In his, his eyes go from wanting to learn to fuck you. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Watch that because then he snaps his finger and they're on a trolley. And obviously, right. Chidi can't make a decision. You know that this yeah. can't go well. But Michael's, Michael's very su- subtle change. And then... The reason I, when they hit the people, the buckets of blood that pour <laughs> over Chidi, it's yeah. in his mouth. But it's, yeah. It was so shocking and so unexpected that I, yeah. I, I just was like, I lulled, guys. He, yeah. um, Ted Danson, I gotta say, even till the very last episode, I was never sure where he was gonna land. Like, if he was gonna be good or evil. I was always waiting for that other shoe to drop with him because he played it so well where he like makes you like, like, I don't, and I don't know if it was the twist or, or seeing just a darkness to him in that laugh. Well, he's a demon. Time, well, yeah, but I mean, like the whole time I just kept waiting for like, it, it, it was like, it, it was, it was a very three dimensional character and that you couldn't tell where his, his motivations lie, but he, but then he, when he laid it all out on the line, you, you felt it sincerely. And- they play with that too. Um, when it, when it, I think the other Michael comes, and you're not sure which one's the real. Mike, like they, yeah. they definitely know that you're on on not solid footing, and they they yeah. sort of they sort of tweak that or tease you with that a bit. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and there's a great thing because he's not just evil. He it's his belief, as is all demons' belief, that human beings are garbage and deserve. Yeah, to and be, he says it. Yeah. Going back to your thing, he says it so so, so like off the cuff, like you guys right. are disgusting with your elbows and blah blah blah. Yeah, 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 but it's but it's only later when he you know he sort of learns that you know these human beings are people, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, who deserve a chance to become better. Because there is that moment when they're hiding under the train. I think it's like maybe the end of season two or season three. I can't remember. But anyway, and then the train pulls away and he's still very stern, Michael. And then, yeah. and then like all of a sudden it turns, he's like, Oh my friends, I was so worried about you. you yeah. Know? yeah. Where he's yeah. like, you can see that happening in real time where he's like, he, he even, he can't believe that he was worried about them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's great. Uh, the other, so, and then there's Tahani. Um, we should not discuss yet. The other thing I want to say, which is great about the show, which is that it's a very diverse cast. Yeah. Yes. I not, love the diversity, not just the core cast all over, all yeah. over, but it's also, it's so great because obviously like if you died and went to heaven, you would meet people from all over the world. Like, yeah. but, um, but it's not like a forced diversity. Like no. it, it makes total sense. And it's also like, these people are not stereotypes. Like, Chidi is from Senegal, but he lives in Australia. Um, Tahani is, you know, Indian heritage, but grew up in Britain and is totally British. Jason is Asian American, but he is a, you know, Florida meathead. Um, yeah. You know, so they're not even, they're not, the, and, and it's, and there's even a, um, they're even playing with that, with the fact that he's originally introduced as a, as a Buddhist monk. Yeah. Right. right. Which would make, which would be the stereotype that either he's going to be a Buddhist monk or like no karate. And then he is, turns out he's neither of those things. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. You guys have any thoughts on Tahani since we have not discussed her yet? Uh, I think Tahani, uh, first of all, Eleanor's sexual obsession with her delights <laughs> me every single time. Um, uh, but Tahani herself, she's, she's incredible. Like it's, a, it, I love her story of how she, even got on the show, Allison Jones, my favorite casting director. Um, but uh, regarding her, like her perfection in the beginning annoyed the f out of me. So I I never really warmed up to her until she she realized what she was, mm-hmm. um, which is someone who she's she's Instagram famous basically. Like she just wants yeah. those likes. Um, and you also learn why she is that way. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Well, and, like and her also, backstory is so incredible. Her sister yeah. is so She's the perfect also foil smarmy. For, for Eleanor. She's what Eleanor would absolutely hate. Like she is yeah. prettier than right. Eleanor and she's more popular and and she has the giant mansion and Eleanor has that ridiculous little house. Like it's so great. It's they're like puzzle pieces locked together. It's so yeah. good. I will say because everybody does such an amazing job, I, I, I feel like she's the weakest link, but the weakest of link a strong of, chain of a immaculately yeah. strong chain. I mean, yeah. like right. Darcy Carden is oh, doing God. so much heavy lifting in that yeah, show. She's great. And, and Ted dance and, and all of them. I mean, just to, you know, but then again, Tahani does her name dropping bits never yeah. gets old so and good. that is hard you know it's just like it's like what when i told del- jay-z and uh carrot <laughs> and top beyonce yeah. uh, who did she delete on her um phone it was like the edge like she was mad at someone she was like you know what oh, yeah. i'm deleting the and then you see her yeah. phone and yes. who's in it yeah so good she can also milk a joke for like she'll be like you know like I, I, she didn't actually say this but you know like i slept with bono several times Right. Yeah, on the weekend, like you know, like she just keeps rolling it and squeezing every right. last bit out of it, which is great. But I do <laughs> not the days the guy I slept with Bono <laughs> on the weekend. <laughs> yes, um, I, 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 it pains me to say it, but I probably agree. I love her so much, but I also think that like I just love all the other characters maybe like ten percent more. Yeah, you know? no, it, it would be like you know being the weakest player on the All Star team. Yeah. You know, it's just right. You're, you're, you're still you're, an all star. No, you're yes. a starter or the star of your own team anywhere else. Yeah, and right. I don't yeah. know if it's her, the actress, or the part. I mean, the part itself. Might be the character. I, I kind of feel like it's the part. That's a tough yeah. part to play. You're you're kind of the straight man a lot. Yeah. 
Hi, gang. This is a cameo from George Basil about The Good Place. I didn't have his email or his telephone number, so I just sent 25 bucks to him via uh, Cameo, because that's what you can do in this day and age. I hope you enjoy this little uh, Cameo from George Basil about The Good Place and his experience on the show. Enjoy! Uh, The Good Place. Extraordinary. It was an awesome experience from beginning to end. I loved it. Um, It was on the Universal lot. We shot it. Um, My good friend Jen Statsky is one of the writers for that show. Talented and just a talented badass lady. Um, I don't know if she wrote that episode, though. I can't remember. I think there was another writer. Or I met another writer. I I should remember these kinds of things, but... It was a long time ago at this point. But yeah, Statsky threw me in there. I loved it. It was an interesting experience because I reported to set. It was an off day for everybody else because my my pizza was, it required no one. So they had like a ice cream parlor or something was the set. So I just, you know, got run through hair and makeup. You know, I wish like hell that I had this great story about Kristen Bell coming up to me and like holding me and then Ted Danson feeding me and then the rest of the cast is coming in and braiding my hair. I wish I had that hair. I do have that story. I do. But it's mine and it's not based in reality. So I have that lie about Kristen Bell holding me, Ted Danson feeding me, and everyone else braiding me. Hmm? Didn't meet anybody. <laughs> How about that? Didn't meet a soul. But everybody that I did meet, I'm just talking cast-wise, didn't meet anybody. Everyone that I did meet on the crew was a fucking home run. They were, the the hair department, and I had worked with some of them on other productions before, were all either familiar or awesome right away. They were scaled down because, like I said, there was no one else there that day for the show. So my bit was like a pedophile or something or like a creepy man i can't remember but it seems what i do like what i do so i'm I'm imagining it's like that i was like a i touched somebody's boobs or something i was a creepazoid the way that they shot that was actually really unique i'd never shot anything quite like it because it needed to simulate surveillance footage or like you know undercover footage so for that they just set the camera up right in front of me. And I was sitting on that ice cream parlor set, uh, just, and everything was like, basically uh, worked that I just like looked above the camera to no one. It was fun. I don't ever know my lines or anything like that. Uh, So I was a little worried. I sweated it a, a tiny bit because like, you know, depending on the production that you're going in for, that's welcome or it's, not and you don't want ever want to offend you know any of the writers or any of the people that you're working for but at the same time you know i do my business (laughs) they know me they like when i make up stuff sometimes so um i went in and we did it a bunch and um they were awesome everybody was like just insanely sweet kind as hell. Here's the weirdest part. As I said, I shot it like this. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know who it's uh, who I'm talking about at that point. I'm just there to do my small part. And the episode came out and my friend Drew, we're friends independently of Hollywood. We're friends for a million other reasons. My friend Drew was like, hey man, we're in a scene together on The Good Place. And I was like, what? And it turns out he was cast in the role of the guy who's watching that surveillance footage. So it was insane. Uh, He sent me a screen grabber or something of it, like both of us being in a scene. We've never actually acted together. So it's weird that we still haven't acted together, yet we've been on a TV show uh, in the same scene together. And, um, you know, if you ask me, he's a really lucky guy. It's a very, very lucky, lucky guy that I was even close to. Just kidding. So, hey, there's a dog. I'll just close this door sharply. Yeah, that's it. Stan, Michelle, Luke, Dan. Love you guys. Miss you guys.
Miss New York, hope everybody's safe and healthy and happy. I did fuck Ten Dancing. Yeah, and that's Ten Dancing. It's not who you think. He has nothing to do with the good place. He was a Ted Danson impersonator. And boy, we had a couple rock solid nights in Vegas. So, Ten, if you're listening, I'm still uh, waiting in the woods. <laughs> what else about the good place? I think that's it. The fun and the drama of it was fun and dramatic. I did really want Ted Danson to come out and do something from Cheers. He didn't really have like an iconic phrase from Cheers, did he? Or he just like really, he wiped glasses really well. What did he do? But I hope you guys liked what I do have, which is a very short, meandering story about the good place and about being a sexual predator. Because why? Because my friends think of me as a sexual predator. That's why. Yeah, that's it. Hope you guys are okay with it. Uh, miss you guys. Miss watching you guys perform and uh, looking forward to this podcast. Thanks for uh, reaching out and sending love. And I, uh, I hope I did enough talking about my short experience. This actually, me talking about it, took longer than it actually did to shoot it. More or less. Um, okay. Love you guys. Be safe. Thank you very much. Send me a link to the podcast. Or I'll find it. Okay. See you guys. Bye-bye. Be safe. Thinking about Tahani, probably her and Eleanor, as I think, she, they probably have the most evolution in the show. Tahani, you actually literally see her complete hers. Like, she, she forgives her parents, and she wants to just be friendly. And Eleanor, you see her become a good person. Jason and Chidi, I don't know that you see it as much. I, I don't know. I, I mean, Chidi becomes a more confident person. He does. And he, that's his big, he's got a big heart. Right. And, and he can make thing. decisions. Like, they're at the dinner at the very end, yeah. and he, he orders for the table or something crazy like that. Like his decision thing okay. was the big thing that was holding him back the most. And the fact that he decides to leave, even though he's there with. And he's, and he's sure of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and don't he's, forget. And Jason is the first one to make that decision. Yeah. That lines up with me though. That makes yeah. so much sense. Yeah. That's sort of who he is. And there's a, he has a great, Jason has a great line where he says, I just felt like the air inside of me was the same as the air outside. Yeah. And, I knew, and I knew it was ready. I knew I was ready. And yeah, I mean, that's just, I mean, it was like what Stan was saying before about him having this hidden wisdom because he just didn't think. He just reacted, yeah. which obviously caused a lot of trouble in his life. Um, but he did not, you know, he was on one extreme, Chidi was on the other. And it was the question of trying to, push both of them into the middle to a place where they could be like functioning human beings. You know, I, I, no, I was just going to say real quick, Stan, like, yeah. I think that is, is Jason's arc, right? Is, is going from not knowing what his wisdom is to being fully aware of it and, and mm -hmm. accepting it and becoming a better person. You know, the more we dive into this, the more I'm like impressed by the writing because I'm thinking oh, back yeah. to the episode where, and I was already, I mean, don't, Okay, I, I thought it was shit for the first time. <laughs> hey. um, but um, there's down. there's a thing where Michael gives everybody a gift and they give Jason a Pikachu balloon. Like everybody gets something really complicated, but he gets that. And that's funny, right? But it's also perfect. Yeah. He's like the guy who doesn't need anything. Right. So yeah. like a Pikachu balloon is enough for him. Like it's not a throwaway joke. It's actually a well thought out, hilarious joke. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, also too, like Jason realizes that he is done with life after playing a perfect game of Madden with his Madden. dad. Yeah. Donkey Dog. That kind of sounds like, <laughs> don't, doesn't that almost sound like a, if somebody was dying on their deathbed, they would wish for that one perfect day? Like, mm -hmm. um, yeah. that time me and my dad played that? But like, yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is like, the right to, they could have easily had turned him into, you know, Data from Star Trek. And I they, just changed his whole everything. Yeah, right. and the fact that his perfect day is that. You know, and that's that he's eating, he, he's living in the Wings house. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> he, his, soul, yeah. his, his garbage essence <laughs> the butt doesn't, hole. the butthole, yeah. come on. <laughs> and every time the reveal of the butthole to the person, oh, it's 
it's this room. <laughs> it's so <laughs> yeah. good. Sorry. But yeah, I mean, I think that's another thing that's great about it is that there isn't one right answer, right? There isn't mm -hmm. one thing yeah. they have to become. The only thing they have to become is the best versions of themselves. Yeah. They never fundamentally change who they are. Yeah. They just become better versions of that. I have, I have to ask all three of you guys a question. When the, In the very last episode, you know they're all going to leave or something. Did you guys like kind of hope against hope that somehow that wasn't going to happen? I was really, I didn't want to see them leave each other, even though I knew it was the right answer. Yeah. I mean, I kind of knew it had to happen if, I mean, at some point, if they're literally living right. billions of years, at some point they would make that choice. Um, but, I mean, I, you know. Uh, sentimentally yeah. you know well it was i mean I, that's another thing was like a rare sitcom where i was very emotionally uh, oh, affected uh, yeah by the end um mm -hmm. you know i was su almost surprised myself how much i cared about these characters by the end and there's that moment right before um jason tells janet we haven't discussed janet we'll do that second no, we got so when, but when jason yeah. tells janet that he's made this decision and he's being so nice to her and she's like, you made dinner. And then that moment when she realizes, yeah. she doesn't say it, she just goes, oh, dip. Like she knows right. yes. what's yeah. coming. And in that moment, I was like, what's happening? And I was like, oh no. And you went, oh, dip. Yeah, yeah. and oh, I was dip. like, I got misty eyed. I was like, yeah. oh no, this is really happening. Yeah, I, I wept at the end of the I, I cried, yeah, no, yeah. I definitely did too. Uh, uh, I, you know, I, I think I, I, what I loved about the finale, I don't know that I necessarily was unsure if they're going to leave or not. I think what I was waiting for was like an answer from Michael Shore. And I think that, and this is actually my favorite moment is, is the, the, the last five minutes mm -hmm. is that moment where it's like, he almost, you know, when I think it's Eleanor turns into goodness and it goes on Kurt Brunner and yeah, uh yeah i know it's so crazy that's him at the end one of my early favorite improvisers by the way yeah it, when he was on neutrino man yeah he, he was a coach of mine for a little while and it goes on him and he just and he just uh feels better or does something good because mm -hmm. the goodness you know passes on and i felt like I, I guess i was what i'm trying to say is like i was looking for an answer from all of their journeys to tell mm -hmm. me what i'm supposed to do and i felt like what's great about the finale and what's great about all of this is that there is no answer. There is just try to be nice. Just do your best. Just try to put some goodness out in the world. Well, that, that is an answer. Yeah. I, but it's I, not. Maybe, I, maybe you're looking for a blueprint. Maybe there's Yeah, no but that's what I'm saying. I guess, yeah. yes. I think that's exactly right. I'm looking for a blueprint. And when I, you know, with each character, I was looking for a blueprint to tell me how to live yeah. my life because yeah. TV is my parents. <laughs> it was more of like, no, you, you, you have the tools on your own and you, you go figure it out. And, and that I thought was. So he says early on, I, I really, I want to get that piece of mail and, and, and tell the person, take it sleazy. Yeah. You know, like that yeah. was his pinnacle of being a human being. And yeah. they deliver it like three seasons later. Like they, yeah. like they paid attention. Well, and that's yeah. just a great thing because he's, he's lying in that moment. Oh, the that's a really good point. That, You're right. He's not, they don't know that he's a demon. He's lying. He's pretending that he wants to be human so that they will like him more. And he says, like, he goes to the list of, like, yeah, I always wanted a discount card. I always wanted to tell someone, take it sleazy, you know, whatever. And the fact that that came back around, it's like a perfect end moment. But, but yeah. Dan, I almost wonder, maybe he's not fully lying. Well, yes. Then maybe, yeah, then maybe in his lie, the truth actually came out. Right. Yes. That's, and that's the brilliance of Ted Danson again. Like, maybe. Oh, man, I could watch him do anything, man. So I good. really oh, love him. So, so we, we started rewatching Cheers. Except the blackface. That wasn't great. No. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's just <laughs> so casual, but so, like, magnetizing like I can't his wife look was at in it I loved that Mary Steenberg oh, taught him yeah. how to play the guitar yes how great yes. was that yeah. Yeah. oh and then Nick Offerman shows yeah, up with to the teach chair. Tahani to did, teach yeah. Yeah, did, the did you read, did you get the background on that Nick Nick Offerman really builds furniture that's his yeah. thing right. oh yeah the chair they use in the show he was like that chair was shit I was embarrassed. Oh, really? He, he was like, the, I, I belong to like a guild of woodworkers and I was embarrassed to stand next to the chair. I wanted a different chair. They could not get one in time. I lowered my morals and stood That's next to It was completely serious. He wasn't as like gruff as I just said it, oh but he was very much not happy with the chair. 
That's so funny. I, I have a fun fact oh, I that so I know much. just from the, the podcast was he was asked to play Sean. The, oh, the, the deep. Right, right, right. And um, he turned it down, but he's friendly with um, the guy who played Sean. His name, I can't remember who hosts the podcast. The guy who hosts the podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's and so, so he great. I love him went, so much. He's awesome. And he, uh, he, so he went, so that guy went on an audition, but they were like, can't tell anybody. And he's friendly with, with Offerman. And so he's like, hey, I, I went on this weird audition today. I can't really tell anybody. He's like, the good place, right? For Sean. <laughs> and he's like, how did you know? And he's like, yeah, I turned it down. Uh, That's you know, so funny. Um, but I love that he came back. And I love that, uh, you know, that Nick Offerman came and, and did a little piece. And it's just awesome. Yeah. But it um, implies that Nick Offerman was dead. Well, it's well, billions of years in the future. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah everybody was. <gasps> working, working. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that was the, the other thing too. Is like the Jeremy Baramies, the whole Jeremy Baramy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's a great. I mean, to go back to what I was saying before. Yeah. That subgenre of joke when they're just like, uh, you know, like, oh yeah, the year is Jeremy Baramy, and they're like, and then Chidi's like, what is the dot over the eye? And they're like, yeah. oh, it's every other Thursday, and also never. And it's like. <laughs> That's, that's, where all the, that's where all the never that didn't happen goes. And he's like, I don't understand. And then to dance is like, look, I, I can't explain it any better. Like, I just, yeah. it's, yeah. like, it's so <laughs> obvious to him. And he just yeah. can't believe it's, they don't understand it. Sometimes uh, it's Taco so Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, it's so great. Um, well, I do want to discuss Janet, but before we do, um, since we're on this topic, my other uh, question for you was when the show ended, my first thought was, is this the first show in history that potentially has made me a slightly better person? Anytime I'm making an ethical decision, I imagine Ted Danson looking at a ticker tape readout <laughs> of what I'm doing. And it really makes me want to make the right decision to the best of my ability. Um, I'm going to agree with you. Um, part of why I wept in the last episode was I literally was like, I need to be better at some, yeah. like, <laughs> like when Chidi's talking about how you become one with the ocean and the ocean's just the ocean. And, I was, I was like, <laughs> but I was, all, but I was also literally like, like I, I need to evolve a bit. Like there's more, more can be done from me. So yes, I agree with you. I think it's definitely the first, it's the only show that I can think of other than maybe Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers that like made me <laughs> yeah. question my morality and, and question my goodness as a person. And, and, and honestly, the very bare minimum just made me consider other people consider other ideas um was that weird for you luke to to do that for the first time oh fucking people (laughs) the worst um yeah i mean like i i will say like a show like roseanne even though i kind of grew up in a very similar sort of lifestyle in a blue collar town with you know blue collar people i felt like there was a sense of like, oh, I, I don't know people like this, but now I'm being more aware of what other people are going through. I, I think that this is the first show that, whether it was intentional or not, made an impact. Yeah, I became a better person after watching it. So, Did yes. you read Can't afterwards? Because that's the only right answer for everybody. <laughs> if you haven't read Can't, then you aren't doing it. I can't uh, say that I did. Thanks. I can't say it. Darcy yeah. Carden, um, uh, genius. Uh, the heart of the show to a degree. Yeah. I mean, again, the, you know, the, I love the, like, I, I, whenever they call her a girl, she's like, not a girl, not a robot. Yeah. Never explains what she is. No. <laughs> like, which yeah. is a great uh, yeah. conceit that she can be anything they need her to be for and, the story. And uh, the most the, evolved. And yeah. right, the the brilliance Literally, of this evolves. should have never this should have never happened except Michael screwed up eight hundred times like that's the right. only reason she became what I get I I want to say human even though I know that's not the right word for her mm. but like they have an like they thought of everything everything yeah, yeah. the I, only I, weak character at all that uh, it's touched on by Janet is. Um, that improviser that we all know uh, who lives with, oh my God, Claire St. Claire. Oh, Mindy St. Claire. Mindy St. Claire. Oh, yeah. So great. But the guy, what's his name? Oh, Jason Manzoukas. Oh, Jason Manzoukas. I'm not, I don't, mm, mm. Oh, I love that part. I I like it too. He's like a a broken Janet. 
Yeah, yeah, See, yeah. Oh, I you would... know what? I'm confusing it with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. When he's okay. on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I'm not as... In, I like him on this Jason one. Jason because you will never hear this, but I'm sorry for well, my, yeah. for my I, At some point, legislation was passed, I think probably in like 2016, where Jason Mendoza has to be on every show. Yeah, no kidding, uh, right? Yeah. He's literally everywhere. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, he's... On this, he's great. And I, and again, I it, love the idea this. that well, I, so the, Janet, the Janet tried to build. And so yeah. that's why he doesn't work properly. But. And that's I, the brilliance of Darcy Carden, I think, mm. is shown the in brilliance. that. Because, like, she makes it look easy. Yeah. You never see how the sausage is being made. You never see the gears turning. It just happens. And I think there's moments where, and I hate to criticize Jason Mendoza because uh, partially afraid of him, but also <laughs> I think he's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but there are moments where you you feel like he's going very broad and cartoony because that's the character, but he mm-hmm. doesn't add the realism to it. Like I, I think there's specifically one where he goes to like kill himself, like hit the button. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, this is what I have to do." But boom, and it's a very Manzuka's delivery. But there isn't a subtlety to it. Like when when yeah. Janet is about to die. Her, oh, yeah. oh, her be- begging so for her life. What yeah. a funny! No, I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, don't just do it. Yeah. What an un like completely unnecessary to the story. You what a funny side thing that that is her defense mechanism. And then I remember like at one point I forget if it's Chidi or Michael's with the button, but she's like, "I'm having your baby." Like it's the yeah. last thing she says. <laughs> yeah. Before she yeah. dies, I think she's holding so the baby funny. too. It's yeah. so dumb. No, it's uh, the uh, sodiogram. The, yeah. the oh the sonogram. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Sodiogram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the sodium right. the baby has. Um, all right. Uh, I mean, we didn't even talk about Mindy St. Clair. What a I great. I know. Oh, I'm sorry, the guys. cocaine. Sorry. The cocaine. Yeah, the perfect, like, 80s, like, corporate lady. So uh, good. But, all right. So let's do, let's do the rankings. Let's start with Michelle. Ten. I'm going to go next, if that's okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I'm going to go 9.5 for this one reason that we haven't discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- once I've read the story, I don't want to watch it again unless I watch the entire story. Mm. It's re- I, I don't like if it pops up on Channel Eleven on a Saturday, I'm not going to really sit and watch it because it's so much investment. Like, okay, I, Grandpa, I, I would know. They lose half Channel a point for 11. me not being able to like. Well, no. The Office, you could watch one episode here, one episode yeah. there, but you this show is not that show. Well, and I, I think I agree that, that I mean that is possibly something to take it down is that it's not a sitcom perfection it may be perfection for whatever whatever this thing is but if we're talking about sitcoms that is a downside all right 9.5 i I will also 9.5 it because Mm -hmm. i feel like the cheaty eleanor romance was shoehorned in i did not buy Mm -hmm. that's interesting that's that's that i felt very i mean i did feel the love loss Mm -hmm. when he left but I would have loved if it was like a best friend companion. A soulmate without being course. like a love affair. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But right. that's, you know, personal opinion. So that's a 29. I also agree with that. It's a 29, which puts it 0.5 behind the office. But now Ooh. second place. Second wow. place. The second good place. So yes. um, what is our next sitcom? I think it's oh, Michelle. Shit. Uh, oh, I think, we, I think uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Awesome. Watch out, Manzukis. You're going to get hammered. <laughs> Noise. <laughs> Noise. Um, all right. Awesome. All right, guys. I'll talk to you Thank later. Thank you very See much. See you next sitcom. Thank you. See you next Bye. sitcom. This has been another effing podcast about sitcoms. The music for our theme song is by Ryan Satoy, and the lyrics and vocals are by our own Michelle Likowski. Our logo was created by Luke Ward. Follow us on Instagram, and if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, well, we'd certainly appreciate it. Another effing podcast about sitcoms will return in this time slot next week. From Yulon.